Welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project with Lalo and Bob. We appreciate you spending some time with us today. Let's jump right into that weekly dose of things you can disagree with. Take it away, guys. All right. Good morning and welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project. I'm your host, Bob, and this is my co-host, and we still haven't fucking worked that out, Lalo. And, uh, yeah, I know. It doesn't matter. It's just semantics anyway. The uh, I got some exciting news, Lalo. I'm not hungover. I'm not hungover. Yep. I think I've given up drinking. It's not cool. I mean, I, I like mean, it's cool, but it's just not for everybody, I guess. It's mighty unhandy is what it is. Even if you only do it once a week, man, it's like I I wasn't recovering until Monday. So just have like one glass of, I don't know, whatever you like to drink. That's just like putting the head in, uh, Lalo. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't satisfy. <laughs> that was wildly inappropriate, which leads me to this. Um, can we talk about the difference between John Gruden and Dave Chappelle? Can we talk about the difference between that? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> oh, man, I remember I was a uh, – because we have, like – I'm in a fantasy football league. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're always, like, either talking trash or, like, you know, just talking about the games or whatever's going on. Of course. And I remember I, like, checked my phone, and it was, like – there was, like, 20 missed messages. And it was, like, right when the news broke about John Gruden. I was, like, fuck. But he he I mean, deserved it. I mean, yeah. There's like I don't I don't have any problem with it. I mean, if it was, you know, people say that, and then they're like, "Well, what if it was like Bill Belichick?" You know, because you know I'm a Patriots fan. I'm mean, like, right. well, I mean, it's the same way. It's the same thing either way. <clears throat> if it if it was him, then I wouldn't be uh like I'd be upset that. It happened, but I'm not gonna be like, "Oh, it's not a big deal." Like you know, it was fucking ten years ago, type of thing. You know. <laughs> well, that's when I first heard it. I was like, "Well, it was eleven years ago, and it was what email?" And then it turned out, well, it was the entire time, and it was a hundred emails. So yeah, I mean, he's. I I got really fucking mixed uh, feelings about the whole thing, you know, because I don't like. Oh, fuck, I, I may as well say it. I don't like this woke culture bullshit. I, I and I'm sorry, I call it bullshit. Okay, let's not let's not denounce it. I don't like the the woke culture thing. I don't like um, and everybody says there's no such thing as cancel culture. Well, let's talk about some of the people that got canceled then, because there is. But I, there's this fine line we walk between entertainment and people who are in charge of things. Dave Chappelle's not in charge of anything. He's just a comedian. And there's been a lot worse comedians down through the ages. It started with, uh, I know you're not old enough, but Don Rickles. And there was an entire thing in the 60s called insult comedy. And all he did was stand up there and insult people in the, in the crowd. So, right. you know, the, you're, an entertainer doesn't have any responsibility to culture other than to, to point out the absurdity of it. An entertainer or, an, or a comedian and a comedian, oh, okay. a comedian. Yeah. Cause I mean, the way I see like 
people like to say for um for like John Gruden's situation, um, you know, like like you just said right now, like this woke culture is like getting out of hand and yeah, it's too much. Like, uh, you know, like the whole like excuse of like, oh, you know, it was ten years ago. Like that's just how people talked back then. But that's not to me. That's not an excuse. Like, oh, that's just how it was back then. Right. That doesn't make it okay. You know? Right, right. I think that's I think that's the like the mindset that's changing. That mindset of like that's not okay. It never was okay. It's never it's never gonna be okay. Um and I mean, not to sound a little like fucking like vindictive or anything, but like you know John Gruden's ass is like one hundred percent still that dude. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, Worse, he's worse now because he doesn't have any restraint. He doesn't have any constraints on him to stop saying it. But, you know, it's like, uh, I mean, yeah, that's like my opinion on it. Like, it's not so much like people are like hypersensitive. And I mean, there is that group of people that are like super hypersensitive uh, about like anything like that. But I think it's more of a like that page is turning on like what we deem as like appropriate and acceptable, you know? Right. And a lot of people like won't, won't turn that page and they're just gonna, you know, be stuck in that whole, like, well, you know, that's just how I grew up saying all these things and it didn't bother anybody. And, but the truth is it did bother a lot of people. You just didn't see it, you know? Yeah. Cause they weren't and allowed it, to say it bothers me. It's, it's, it's easy to say, you know, faggot this and faggot that when you're some fucking straight white dude. In like the Midwest, like oh, who, that doesn't bother me. Of course, it's not going to bother you. <laughs> nothing, nothing you say that's offensive is going to bother you. You're a fucking, you're just a regular ass white dude, you know. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm a regular ass white dude. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like the the list of things that are going to offend you. Hey man, I feel threatened. I feel threatened. <laughs> very, it's a very short list. Yeah, I. I I just see. I think that's what people don't get. Like, it's hard to see these things as offensive because they don't offend you, you know. And like, even for me, like a lot of those things don't offend me either. Like, but I'm able to see why they're offensive, and kind of sure. like put myself in the position of like, well, you know, if I was like this person, and then I heard that, would I feel offended? And it's that's hard to do for a lot of people. Well, if we're offended by Dave Chappelle, if we're offended by Richard Pryor, George Carlin, you know, the list goes, the list is huge. If you're offended by it, don't listen to it. I mean, I don't think, I don't think Richard Pryor perpetuated racism, although he used the N word every other word. And he pointed out the absurdity of white culture and he pointed out the absurdity of black culture. And I, I don't think it, it was harmful in any way. It, in fact, Richard Pryor was one of the ones that, that brought it to light of what was going on and what, you know, well, every, I guess everybody knew what was going on, but he brought it out into the mainstream to say, Hey, let's, let's talk about, it. let's have a dialogue about it. And, um, Chappelle's mean, I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, I watched that 
special that he did that last one. And, and he had some very mean things to say. But at the same time, I think he's angry that he's not allowed, you know, he's not allowed to, he's not free to say those things anymore. And I, I mean, I it's free. I mean, he said them. It's not like. Right. But mean, it, it, it wasn't in a comedic way. Some of it was in a comedic way. Some of it was just plain fucking mean, you know. And I think, like, and I've mentioned this before, um, like, the whole, like, Dave Chappelle and John Gruen thing, like, to me, those are two, like, vastly different right. situations. Because when it comes to, like, comedians and comedy, I have, like, a like a no-holds-barred, you know, filter. Right. Um, where but to me, a like, lot of people don't. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the, that's the difference. Um, not a lot of people don't see it that way. And, I mean, that's fine. Like, they're free to do that. And uh, they're free to, you know call Netflix up and you know that demand that they take him down but I mean I think this is like his second or third special where he's talked about um like trans people and they do the same thing uh like he Netflix was like um asked to take him down like by groups and like just by people you know right and they they stood by him like every single time um and I mean I don't like I don't see anything wrong with that um, but, um, dang, what was I going to say? Yeah. To me, it's just like a different, it's like comedy to me has no, at least for me personally has no filter. So it's just, so comedy gets a pass comedy. for me. Yes. Personally. But I mean, if you try to like, uh, interject that, you know, like the themes of, of the comedy into like news or like you know i don't know like talk shows or whatever mm-hmm. then it's like you're 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 crossing that hey this is a comedy show barrier you know into right. like hey this is the news and you know dave Chappelle said this so i'm gonna say it too and it's when you say it versus when dave Chappelle says it <laughs> when you know dave Chappelle says something and then tucker carlson says the same thing <laughs> it's not it doesn't hold the same weight on both ends you know right right it, it there there's a place there's a time and a place for that and it's uh, those particular comedians but you know like you said i i to go out and to repeat what dave Chappelle said well we can't go out and do a lot of things that we see in in comedy or entertainment in the movies they're just entertainment to us we have to put them there and people like John Gruden and, and people like him who have gotten, and as much as I hate to say it canceled or, or gotten marginalized because of their, they were in charge of things. They were, um, it, you can't be a racist in a football league because that's illegal. There are laws about it. On the stage as a comedian, you can say pretty much whatever you want to say. There's nothing, there's no law. It's just this moral veil that we have that we're, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, it's so frustrating to me to, to conflate the two together. Here's John Gruden who's saying, you know, rubber lips and, and being just outright fucking mean and hating on women and hating on homosexuals. And it was, it was this vicious thing that he was doing where 
Chappelle and the rest of the com- comedic world is just just pointing it out. It's like, this is how we feel. And yeah, it kind of lets off that tension. It's like, well, maybe I'm a fucking idiot for thinking like that. Because when you put it in those terms, that's me. And I don't want to be like that. And to Chappelle to me is funny because he points out the way I used to be. I used to feel that way, but it wasn't my fault. I, I had no other, uh, I had no other way of, of living, no other way of looking at things. No one had ever showed me anything. Right. So and I know Gruden has seen other ways of being and just refuses to do it. Yeah. And I think Gruden, uh, I think his like situations has like an element of <clears throat> like he was a leader, you know, he was the head coach of this football team. Right. And, uh, and I mean, it was very like to me. It was very ironic that like the only uh, openly gay football player was on the Raiders, and here he is, like you know, secretly talking about uh, people like him, like in you know the way that he was. Right. So it kind of made you like wonder, like, okay, like yeah, he's does did he ever even like respect the player? You know, to begin. I don't with. think so. I don't think he did. Or did he? Or did he lose respect when he came out? Maybe he didn't even know. Yeah. it's. And then just all those little things that people start to think of, you know, I'm sure the player was like, you know, after that news broke, he was like, what the fuck? Like, has this whole like thing been like a lie to me or like, you know, maybe like things started to make sense for him that, you know, like personal situations that happened between him and the coach. Um. And it's just those little things that you never know. And they just like cause distractions for the team. And I mean, technically he didn't get fired. He, he quit on his own. Right. I mean, I'm sure he was like pressured and pushed by like the owner and stuff, but um, I mean, he said himself, like, I don't want to be a distraction, Um, which that's the only thing he would have been for. I mean, the rest of the year, if not longer. Yeah. And what was that hundred million dollar contract? He, he, made four years of it do they have to pay him for the rest of it no it's only like the i mean when you sign a contract there's a guaranteed portion of it right whatever the guaranteed money is that's what they would have to pay him and the guaranteed money is usually a lot less than the full contract so well he walks out with 40 million anyway i think he'll be okay yeah i mean he's not going to be like struggling for money or and I'm sure he might get a job. Like he might have to like lay low for a few years, but um, we'll see him like somewhere again at some point. <laughs> I'll do. I will say this though: the one thing that um, about uh, Chappelle's like special that was—I mean, don't get me wrong—it was like funny, you know, for me. Yeah. But the one thing that did kind of disappoint me was I felt like Dave was kind of going for like the low hanging fruit when it came to like the joke material. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah, of course. I think, I think, cause I mean, in the last special, he talked about uh, the trans community and, you know, he got a lot of pushback for that too. So I think he, he like, he saw the pushback that he felt and he like felt some type of way about it. So the next special, he kind of like doubled down on it, you know, as a like, or I'll show you like I could, you know, I could talk about whatever I want. I could be worse. And to me, that was that's kind of just like, like I said, like just low hanging fruit. And 
don't know, it's kind of, I don't know, maybe like a little out of character for Dave Chappelle. Well, didn't he, um, he had that show, the Chappelle show, and then didn't he just kind of flake out and go to Africa for a while? Yeah, he like uh, canceled the show like in like its prime. But I mean, I don't know, like all the circumstances around that. Um, I think he had a nervous breakdown. I mean, so he may not be, I'm not calling him mentally ill or anything, but, you know, he might have depressive issues and things like that. So we don't know what what people are thinking, but you're actually right. Unfortunately, every, like, professional stand-up comedian has some sort of, like, depression issues. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You have to if you want to be a stand-up comedian. Is that part of the part of the part, the part of the job? Part of the job. I'm a little I'm a little depressed, so I'll just go be funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think all of them. I know um, Seinfeld. He's not. He's he's just shrewd. He made up that whole comedy genre, and uh, he's just a shrewd motherfucker. Now he's a billionaire. Whatever. We're down here. We're down here laughing at his jokes, and he's laughing all the way to the bank, right? Mm-hmm. But how much yeah. did Chappelle make off that? I mean, Chappelle's like all these people are like well, well off. Like they're not gonna, they're not gonna struggle anytime soon <laughs> for the rest of their lives. So I mean, well, I see. You know. It's funny. It's funny you should mention that. It's like these comics and they stroke. It looks like everybody, Lalo, right from um, MMA MMA fighters who, if you go to a MMA amateur fight, they're fucking struggling, beating the hell out of each other. And poor comedians are, are struggling and trying to, to be funny. And like musicians who, who are pouring their heart out poetically – and everybody, and as you get money, then things change. Like Trent Reznor, who founded Nine Inch Nails, who was fucking angry about culture and society, and had all these great um, things to say about loneliness and depression and struggling. And you know, then you get rich, and and that spark of genius you you lose. So, you know, Chappelle. Went for the low hanging fruit, but maybe that's all he has left, man. You know, maybe he's not. He doesn't have that same mentality that he had when he wanted to get famous. And in fact, when he came out on stage, he said, "I'm rich as a motherfucker," is what he said. So yeah, he's point he's pointing it out. I'm not what yeah. I was. Yeah, because he has a contract with Netflix. Um, yeah, it's like a certain amount of specials that he has to do. So you, mm-hmm. it might be true, like where he's just like trying to fulfill that that contract and then just you know bounce just <laughs> bounce i like that word so you know trying to fill in the the hour with whatever material he can find and then you know <laughs> that last hour with your therapist you don't really need her anymore so you're just kind of talking about your mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. i've never seen like uh like a lot of Chappelle like material like i think it's funny i've just never like like super been into like his stuff um but i know like that's like his uh that like that's his genre of comedy like edgy like offensive type of shit sure it's fine like i don't i like that kind of comedy like 
I like, you know, like the Louis C.K.'s. And Louis C.K.'s been fucking dormant for like years now. Yeah. Um, Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> I mean, I, I got some shit to say about Louis C.K. I do. I really, and it's really kind of like offensive. to me personally. Louis C.K. is like, he's like definitely one of my like top three uh, favorite comedians. Um, but then I, I remember when all that stuff came out about him when he was like, uh, he was like masturbating like in front of like fans or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I mean, don't get me wrong. That's some like sick, like creep shit. But I remember people were like comparing him to like Kevin Spacey and shit, you know? Right. And but, like no, it people wasn't. that were like rapists. And I was like, no, he's like, that's probably like, it might be illegal, like indecent exposure and, you know, fucking creepy ass shit and like kind of sad because he's a grown ass man, like he's an old ass dude. But it's not like rape, you know? Um, and there he was definitely taking advantage of like the power imbalance and, you know, his celebrity status okay. versus, you know, a fan. And I recognize I'm, that. I'm giving you all that. Um, but, but I, but I don't think about- it was fair. I don't think it was fair to compare him to like fucking you know, rape. Right. Because if I tell some, say I meet somebody at the pool in the hotel and I say, Hey, I'm, you know, going to come back to the, and have a drink or whatever he said. And they came back and everybody was talking and he said, and they admitted, do you mind if I masturbate? Now, however fucking improper that is or however, whatever, it, it it may be just some kinky shit in his mind. It, it's it it doesn't necessarily have to be depraved. It may be part of his sexuality. We don't know that. But the thing is, to when someone says, "Do you mind if I masturbate?" and starts to, and you realize it's not a joke, you have every opportunity to get up and walk out of the fucking room. But they sat there and watched. I don't like if it's a normal ass person. I can, I can see that, but I think there's that power imbalance of like, that's when that power, like imbalance comes into effect. Right. Um, And then again, like we kind of have to, this is one of those situations that I was talking about earlier where you kind of have to put yourself in, in the position of, you know, let's say you're, um, it doesn't even have to be Louis C.K. It could be any just dude, you know, you're in a room with them in their hotel room and they ask you that. You know, and I can imagine, like, as a woman in that position, like, as soon as you hear that, like, a million things rush through your head. And one of those things has to be, if I say no, and if I try to leave, will this guy get aggressive with me? Will he try to, you know, keep me here, kidnap me, rape me, do whatever? Right. And that's yeah. just something we don't think about. To Like like you just mentioned right now, she could have just walked out and left. There were yeah, two I'm of sure them, though, dude. There yeah, were two. I'm sure. Yeah, but still, like that thought goes through their mind every time. It's just like, right. you know, that whole um, like example of, you know, walking to your car at night. Mm-hmm. Like we never think, oh, shit, someone's going to fucking kidnap me and rape me. Like that mind, that thought has never gone through my mind. But I guarantee <laughs> you it's gone through the mind of like many, you know, young women and young girls like walking to their car at night. Right. Right, and it's just something we can't relate to because it's just not part of our lives. It's not part of our, you know, daily, you know, struggles. So yeah, when it came like 
it's easy to say they could have just left or they could just said no, but you don't know what's going to happen next. So I feel like in some sense they were kind of obligated to say yes and be like, okay, maybe he's, you know, he's going to do his thing and then we could leave, you know? Right. Cause they just don't know. And that unknown is like scary for a lot of people as it should I, be. Yeah. I'll, Especially I, in a situation I'll like that. Cause that. there's a lot of like sex, like driven crimes and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I understand that and I don't like, I used to say that too. Yeah. Like, Oh, well, you know, he asked them and they said, yes. So it's like consented. I mean, legally, I guess it was consented, but th- it's, it's deeper than that, you know? Especially when you really like think about the entire picture, the entire situation, it's more of a like a little bit of coerced consent, you know. Like, hey, look, is this super like famous celebrity? You know, he's rich. Um, like, that's one part of it. Like, maybe you know, I'll get something out of this. And then the other part is like, oh, what if I say no? Like, what is he gonna do? You know. And don't let's not forget that other part of you said the million things go through their brain let's not forget that one part that says yeah sure <laughs> but i mean I, I, if you've seen lucy k he's not like some like super like six four rip dude no so i think so i think the amount of girls that would just be like yeah that's fine it's not <laughs> not a lot yeah i get yeah. it yeah but we're going back to the hotel room and like, isn't this kind of kind? And I know we're going to open up a fucking can of worms here, but this is this kind of a Kobe situation: hotel room, sex. You know, it's like everybody they settled that one out of court, and no, it wasn't rape. And yeah, and Kobe said, "Yes, I fucking cheated on my wife and everything." But don't you think it's the same thing here? It's like, was she coerced? You know, did she fall victim to status of? celebrity and was afraid what would happen if she didn't i mean i think those are just things that we it's hard to tell like unless we were there you know right there's probably like a lot of alcohol involved mm-hmm. she might have been like they might have been drunk or buzzed you know at the least so i think it's just one of those things where like we can play like the million like what if right but unless we knew like the exact situation and you know, unless we were like a fly on the wall seeing everything, it's it's very hard to tell. But my guess, based on like everything that's like that we know, um, my guess would be that it wasn't like if they had a free like choice, like, hey, you can say yes or no. And, you know, we'll like escort you out the out the room or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. my guess is they probably would have said no if they were like sober and, you know free of uh fear i guess like well like i'm gonna agree with you we can't know what was going on because there's all kinds it's a different status if it was you or i and we're there's in a hotel lot of room yeah if it was you or i and i'm like hey i'm gonna fucking jerk off i i'm not a celebrity i'm gonna get fucking punched in my face you know there's all kinds of different <laughs> things here so i don't know i just I'm glad that we have reached this tipping point in culture where we can talk about these things. That, that's one thing I'm grateful for. I'm not grateful for the the knee jerk reactions that we have to a lot of things and the absolute, I, I'm just going to denounce it because 
at first impression and you and I are sitting here talking about all the variables and all the things that, that are different and the levels of uh, celebrity status and or socioeconomic status and who the girls were. It just seems like to me that a lot of people nowadays are hearing things, not actually taking into account what they are, but if it offends me, then you need to fucking stop. And I'm going to get online and I'm going to create, uh, you know, some sort of ruckus to take you down because I don't like what you said. And it seems like these people, these, this woke culture nonsense is, they're just trying to feel safe about everything. And it's like, put me in a box and, and, and I feel safe in here and you can't bother me. So we can learn a lot from, we can learn a lot from Chappelle if we look at it from a psychological viewpoint, from a philosophical viewpoint, from a cultural standpoint. There's all kinds of things, ways we can look at Gruden and Chappelle and Louis C.K. and what's it's what's wrong with our culture and what's what's right with our culture. And we could learn from that, but instead we just denounce them. And then the only people talking about it are the philosophers and the podcasters and the rest of them are just, they have that smug Karen, I, I took him down bullshit. That, and it just seems like no matter what you say or what you do, you got to be careful nowadays. You're, you're going to offend somebody and, and get taken out. Yeah. And I mean, I think that was, I think that's been the case for like a long time, but like you said earlier, it's just, like people are more willing to talk about it, you know? Yeah. Whereas before people just kind of like took it or, you know, turned a blind eye to it. And that gave the like illusion of it being okay, you know? Right. It's not like people think like that, you know, like for example, uh, like the LGBTQ community, like just like came out of nowhere. Like, no, there's been gay, like by like trans people forever. Right. You just didn't see it because it wasn't like socially acceptable to be those things for the longest time. That doesn't that doesn't change the fact of how they felt and like who they were. It just made it look like, you know, it wasn't that big of of a deal. Well, we've empowered an angry section of culture is what's happened. And I mean, I understand that. Like, and I can and I see- get it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they have, you know, all the, all the right to be angry. Um, and it might be like an over, like one of those like overreaction things, but it's, I think it's one of those things where we kind of like brought it upon ourselves, you know? Um, it's one of those things that, I mean, it, it's a natural reaction for considering everything that happened before, you know? Right. So I'm not like super like uh, upset about it. And like the whole like cancel culture thing, like um, I think what we need to do a better job, uh, a job at though is being able to like distinguish the different like situations, like people like, we started off, you know, comparing like John Gruden and Dave Chappelle. Like mm-hmm. to me, those are two very different like situations. 
But people right. talk about them like they're one in the same. Like, oh, they canceled John Gruden. Now they're trying to go after Dave Chappelle. But it's yeah. like. That's why we're to talk about it. Right. So I think it's almost like a case-by-case basis. And I mean, some people do deserve to like fucking, like, you know, get deplatformed or whatever it may be. Uh, and I mean, most people that get, you know, canceled, um, they're fine. Like when it comes to like money and shit. Right. Um, like they're not going to be, you know, on the street being homeless or anything like that. Well, I think, um, I think we need to let people, I think we need to allow people to, to learn and say that they're sorry. And I'm not sure how we can validate their apology, but like this very podcast right here, when you said the two girls in the hotel room probably had some fear. Well, I never fucking thought about that. Okay. So I changed the way I thought about Louis CK. So that was wrong in my eyes. And, and where I used to say, okay, he asked, now I have to inject that information that I have into that conversation that I have in my head and say, well, they're females and I don't have a female mentality and I don't have a female mind and I don't have that female fear of male domination and male violence. So now I think a different way and you taught me something. We we need to allow people to say things, you know, Louis C.K. needs to be able to say, you know what? I never fucking thought about that. And maybe even John Gruden needs to be able to say that, dude. You know, people do learn. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure, like, for example, Louis, like he, I mean, I'm sure even he was aware of some sort of like, at least the the power imbalance between, you know, him and his his own fans, you know? Right. Um, and he kind of just like used that to his advantage. But I mean, and that, like I said, he's one of my favorite comedians and he's still one of my favorite comedians, but I am able to criticize him for, you know, the wrongs that he did. And I'm able to accept that, you know, he's going to go away for a while. Like in that situation, I think, I mean, it's hard to say like, what's the, what's the right thing to do? Like, right. Cause I mean, you could put out, you could apologize like on Instagram or you could like, you know, release a video apologizing, but um, it's kind of one of those things where regardless of what you say, it's just going to take time for it to like kind of settle down, you know, <laughs> right? Like, there's not going to be a single apology or anything that anybody could say that's going to make it okay. Like immediately, you know, like, oh, okay. That apology was really well said. So, you know, you, we accept it and, you know, we can move on like the next day. No, like no, when, not. when stuff like that happens, you know, you could apologize and you could sincerely mean it. And that's great. But you also have to realize that it's going to take time for it to like kind of like settle back down and you know maybe you should lay low for a bit maybe you should you know try to get involved with like uh, maybe like the group of people you offended and you know actually show that you're like trying to change and try to you know learn from what happened um and i mean at the end of the day there's still going to be people that hate you and that's okay but of course if you if you truly regret it and if you truly feel bad and if you truly you know, want to, want to change for the better, then, you know, you do those things and you come out a better person at the end. And I'm sure you're still going to have fans, uh, at the other side. <laughs> and then you could go from there. 
you know, like there's people that to this day hate uh, Michael Vick, you know, they'll never see Michael Vick the same way. Right. You know, he could, you know, he served his time, you know, he, you know, he could have started like dog rescues or whatever, you know, and they're still going to hate him. And that's fine. But, you know, he still has a ton of fans. It's just one of those things that you're going to have to live with the consequences of your choices. And that's one of the consequences. Yeah, I think a real dog lover, you know, is not going to see um, how to get over that. It's just different people are, are committed to their ideals in different ways. You can't. Yeah, yeah there's, if, there's if hills that people die on. And the, those hills are different for everybody. Right. That's that's a good analogy. But some people, like the early, do you remember Michael, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Richards. Do you know him? No. He was Kramer on Seinfeld. Oh, okay. So he was a stand-up comedian, and he did Seinfeld, and then he went back to stand-up comedy, and then he was in a comedy club, and some... Uh, he used the N-word on stage in improperly and he got fucking crushed, canceled, dude. He'll never be back. And it was it was a reactionary thing. Uh so that that was like the first it was like we took down a celebrity. That's the first one. And then it just fucking snowballed from there. And it's it's morphed and changed now. So not everybody gets to come back. Not everybody's going to come back. Michael Richards will never be back on stage, and he knows that. But it was a mistake. It wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things that, you know, it, what happens kind of happens. It's not. Uh, I mean, I don't know the whole, like, circumstances around that. Like, Right. I don't know, like, what like situation he said it in i'm sure it was like during a show or something well they or was it like off camera it, it was no it was it was a there was not a television it was in a it was like a comedy club in la and it was a table full of and i believe they were jamaicans and they were heckling him and used the n-word to him and he turned around and turned it back on him and used it again and it came out wrong it was just, and somebody caught it on an iPhone, and it was over for him. So, some people I think don't I've, get I've, to come I've back. Heard of that. I haven't like seen the clip, but I've heard of like his. Uh, I've heard of that like situation. Yeah, it um, wasn't. Um, I, it, I don't think it was malicious. I think it was just it, it was a bad joke. It was like a like a reaction type of thing. Yeah, he didn't and think just, before didn't he spoke. Out. It didn't pan out because somebody caught it on, on on an iPhone and put it on YouTube, and that was it. By by Michael Michael Richards, it was nice knowing you. And it seems like we do have a we do have quite a few of those people who will never be back. Maybe they don't need to come back. I don't know. I'm I'm torn between protecting people and protecting comedy i don't you know god damn it dude i don't know this is such a a touchy subject i i fucking want, i do want to get a t-shirt that says fuck woke culture though <laughs> <laughs> because yeah to me i just have that 
like mentality of when it comes to like comedy shows and comedians like you know anything goes um but i understand that not everybody's like that right um but when it comes to like comedy or comedy shows like if you're you have like the opportunity and the choice to just like leave or to you know not watch it right and i know sometimes that that argument could come off as a little like ignorant you know like oh we'll just you know turn off the tv but um i think and i think also comedians maybe should try to do a better job of like drawing that line of hey you know like this is a comedy show like uh i'm not gonna like i don't really i mean it's like it's hard like it sounds bad like oh i don't really mean all these things i'm gonna say (laughs) but like maybe just do a better job at like kind of drawing that line you know of like the real life versus the comedy show but i mean even then gets a little sketchy too george carlin got away with so much that it and paved the way for this and um you know, maybe culture is waking up, man. I mean, maybe things are changing because Carlin actually stood on stage and said, you know, he, he says, I'm getting ready to make a statement. Rape is funny. And it was like America. Have you ever um, seen that clip? No, I haven't seen that clip. Yeah. But I've man. seen some of his other stuff. Yeah. And he said, I think it's I think he said, imagine rape is funny in context. Imagine Porky Pig raping Donald Duck. So, and then he, he did uh, the voices. And see, I can't even, I'm uncomfortable bringing that up. <laughs> because rape is not funny. But at that point in time, George Carlin was so edgy. And it almost, that, that one almost took him down. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's also like, we're, we're pretty good at like reading people's like, um, like intent and, uh, like trying to figure out the actual, like kind of person they are, you know? Right. So like Dave Chappelle, he, he like makes fun of everybody, you know? Um, he's kind of like fixed on the trans community right now. But I mean, if you look at his history, you name like a marginalized group and he's made fun of them. <laughs> he took them down. Yeah. Um, you know, same with things like, like South park, you know, family guy, all those types of shows. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, they don't specifically target like one group of people and then just hammer them, you know, to hell. Right. If it was like that, if it was one of those situations, like you, I could be like, I could see people being like, okay, like, you know, we get it. You know, you don't like so-and-so. And then if they just keep going, you could tell like, okay, they have some sort of like vendetta. Maybe they're just like fucking homophobic or whatever, you know, right. or racist. Um, so I think when like there's, I don't know, it's just so much like so many variables and so many things to take into account that we just don't because it's easy to just, you know, make a broad statement and be like, you know, so-and-so is racist because they made this joke. But, you know two years ago, they said something that like contradicted this, you know, and we just don't, I could, it's all about the recent, I, I, you know, you, you could be construed as a racist. I could be construed as a racist. It's just the things that we say and are, 
if somebody would walk in the room and some of the conversations I'm having, which which are very Dave Chappelle-ish, and because that's my type of humor, that's what I listen to, that's what I think is funny, and if I repeat that in a in a, a private group of friends, haha, that's funny. Dave Chappelle said that, and but if somebody walked in the door just as you were saying some of that shit, you'd be like, oh, you're fucked, man. <laughs> you're done. Yeah. It's it's a it's such a. I'm I'm glad it's out. I like I said I'm glad it's out. I'm glad we can talk about it from philosophical viewpoints and cultural viewpoints and moral aspects and the ethical aspects and it brings out the truth of the marginalized community of the of the trans people and now at least we have to say we're talking about it. You know. Dave Chappelle is not hitting you with a baseball bat. He's simply talking about it. And that one joke he told of little baby shooting that guy in a Walmart, it's like you, you can shoot somebody, but don't hurt, a, don't hurt a gay person's feelings. I had to laugh about that because there's some truth in that. And I mean, most, I mean, not, I, don't, I don't know most, but a lot of comedy has like elements of like stereotypes or like truths behind them too, so. Yeah, well, isn't that everything? A lot of stereotypes have a lot of truth in it, or an, at least an element of truth. Yeah. But, and then, I mean, I understand if people just like hate Dave Chappelle. I mean, even for, you know, for his like latest special, right. and they just choose to hate him. Like, I'm not going to fight him on it. Like, that's the way they feel. That's fine. Like, with me, I'm not like Dave Chappelle's mom or anything. I don't really, I don't really care if they hate him. Just like, I don't care if people hate anybody that, you know, I really like. Um, it's well, really if, if somebody hates your girlfriend, that, that kind of gets to you. It's like, well, come on, man. <laughs> but like when it comes to like celebrities, you know, I don't, when it comes to celebrities, I'm not like super going to like defend them like on everything. Cause I mean, they're celebrities. Like they're, I don't yeah. hold them in that high of a pedestal. Yeah, I'm going to throw down about if somebody says something about Anthony Fauci, man. <laughs> <laughs> but see, the fact that he's a celebrity is kind of like sad because he's just trying to be a doctor and shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but he's probably enjoying it. You know, the, the celebrity I don't think status. I think, I think he enjoyed like the, the, like the time before COVID. He was just like a regular ass like doctor for the government just doing his job it was probably cool to be on cnn the first couple times like hey man i'm fucking on cnn and now he's like <laughs> fuck leave me alone so i can get some work done man yeah uh, oh at least we're talking about it you know right that yeah. can can we all just agree that people like Chappelle and gruden are were it, it, it's almost like we're digging down into the dirt now and, and pulling up the, the root of this thing. Let's talk about what, you know, John Gruden, why would he say something like that? Well, because he's a this is the culture he's from. And then you say things like, well, he comes from a culture where that was okay. And then somebody says, well, that doesn't make it okay. And then you have to go, you're right, it doesn't. But we have to look at this historically and as it's morphed and changed. And it's not just... It's not just um, 
um, race now, and now it's sexuality and choices we make and the way we dress and the way we think and and the niches and the, the way we've marginalized ourselves. And it's this cool morphing of a culture that is immersed in capitalism. And now we have all this fucking free time to talk about these things. Back in the day, everybody was just working 12, 14, 16 hours a day, coming home exhausted, falling into bed. We don't, you know, we hate black people and that's the way it is. And there's no time to talk about it. And thank God that we've come this far. It's, it's like the evolution of a culture. And, and how fascinating is that, that in the seventies, when, when this lesbian gay thing started to open up, Back in the sixties and well, is he back in as far back as the fifties when we had beat poetry who who were gay, and they were they were beginning to come into the mainstream, and even though they were gay, people there were niches of culture that accepted that, and then it grew, and these tendrils of acceptance start to grow through the culture, and you're still going to run into the fucking hardcore gay hating assholes, and there you're not going to change them. But the thing is, you may change their children, which is what happened in my case. You're not going to change my dad, but you changed his son. And his son had had children who raised his children to be more tolerant. So I'm kind of a tipping point between that ultra racism and hatred and my children who accept everyone. But I'm, I'm still, Lala, I still have those thoughts where Dave Chappelle is funny to me. So my children don't accept Dave Chappelle as funny anymore because that's not funny. So it's this moving along of culture, but we can't fucking go back and dismiss all the people that helped get us here. And that seems to be what's happening with the, you know, John Wayne was interviewed in Playboy magazine and he said something about black people. So we need to remove John Wayne from culture. No, we don't. We need to look at what he said, why he said it, and and analyze that and say, let's not think that way anymore. But this is still a part of our fucking culture. Racism, ageism, hate, hating the gays. That's still a part of us. And we got to this point because we did that. Yeah, like I get we we should like acknowledge that it's there, you know, just for the whole like so it doesn't happen again type of thing, you know? Right. Um but I mean I don't see anything wrong with like trying to uh not so much remove that, you know, like physically, but like mentally, you know. Right. Um so, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with trying to, like, progress to the point where, uh, you know, anybody that's, like, racist or anything like that is, like, platformed, you know, or has, mm-hmm. like, a voice to speak on. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, all those people that are, like, defending, like, John Gruden, like, if you really look down, like, their bare bones argument is, like, they think that what he said was okay, or not that bad, you know? Right, right. That's like the whole thing of their argument, like the base of their argument, that they don't think he should be fired for the things he said because they don't think it's that bad. And that's where I think they're wrong. It might have not seemed bad, or, you know, in your 
in your you know perspective it's not bad because none of the like i said none of those things affect you and right. you know they probably never will because you're you're never going to be in that group of people that he's referring to you know i think in one of the emails he said queer or like queer something and uh it's like you're a straight dude from fucking anywhere here like that's not going to offend you and why would it <laughs> you're not you know you're not part of you know the gay community or anything like that so right. to you that's just like oh it's just a word like he didn't mean it like bad i mean i'm pretty sure he meant it in a bad type of way because he i forgot the context that he was saying it but it wasn't like in a jokey way um but it's that's i think that's the hardest hump that we have to get over and like you said it's not one of those things where i mean you could talk to people and try to like teach them and you know there are some people that are kind of like that will realize you know the wrongs in their thinking and change their ways a little bit but majority of them aren't so these like you said these issues like racism uh homophobia like they they're gonna take generations to like get over you know right it's gonna take that you know maybe not you but like your your kids or your kids kids they're gonna you know flip that page and be like hey that's not okay you know right so it's, we still it's have hard to, to recognize what we are and and not try to erase it because if we try to erase it then we're not going to learn anything it's just going to perpetuate it'll come I mean, up I don't again think we try to future. erase it because i mean we still learn about racism and like transphobia homophobia like we learn about it. we know what that is we know what that looks like mm -hmm. but it's i don't think it's so much erasing like the the acknowledgement of it as much as trying to get rid of the the ability for it to grow you know right because i mean some some of these people like if there's like some races like if you have some like old racist neighbor in like in your hometown like nobody's gonna pay attention to him but if like that like there's some super like super like influential celebrity that has the same views as your racist neighbor <laughs> guess what people are gonna listen to that guy they are. And they're gonna, you know, they're gonna spew the same shit that he's he's spewing out himself. And I well, think that, trying that to feeds the racist neighbor too. Don't forget. Yeah. So I mean, trying to like, I don't know if silence is the right word, but like deplatform that guy. I don't see anything wrong with that. No, and, you know, I, you could. I agree. So that's my take on that. You know that racist like neighbor. The, he he's not dangerous until you find out he's having meetings in his basement with other racist neighbors. Then there's yeah. the, there's a fucking problem. It's like the whole like Confederate statues thing. You know, all these fucking Southerners try to say like, oh, you can't erase our history. Like no one's erasing your history. We're just not glorifying what these statues like stood for. Right. You know, you don't see any fucking Hitler statues in, in Germany. <laughs> And guess what? They know well about Hitler. They're not trying to fucking do that again. <laughs> Just because you take down the statues, like, because I mean, that's what statues are meant, like, to glorify whatever, you know, they're representing. Right. Uh, <laughs> if you learn all your Civil War history just by looking at fucking statues, then you should probably go back to school. <laughs> There's no Confederate statues here. And, you know, I learned all about the Civil War, so... That's a that's a terrible argument for, you know, doing that type of thing. 
I have morphed on that too, man. I when they first started ripping that shit down, I I was like, well, you know, it, there's there's two sides to it. There's the art side to it, and you could put these things in a museum or go put them go put the statues in your fucking Confederate, you know, uh, uh, cemeteries. But then now I'm just like, you know what? Just put that shit away because we don't need it. It's like, I mean, if you want to have like a fucking statue of Robert E. Lee, like in your front yard, you know, go nuts. But when it comes to like, cause I mean, a lot of these statues are like in front of like state buildings and like court buildings. So it's like government funded, you know? I know. I know. Like there's, there's like black people somewhere in the South that their tax dollars is going towards paying for a statue of like some Confederate like general. <laughs> And that's like pretty fucked up if you think about it. <laughs> it is pretty fucked up, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if you want to, you know, fucking yeah. build your own statue and put it on the top of your house, go nuts. I could give two shits. In my 20, 20 miles from my hometown is in West Virginia is the county seat. And it's Lewis County, West Virginia. And um, there's a Confederate statue in front of the courthouse. Stonewall Jackson. So... <laughs> And there's Stonewall yeah. Jackson Dam and Stonewall Jackson Park and Stonewall Jackson Lake and Stonewall Jackson Avenue and everything is about Stonewall Jackson because he was he was born there, so everything is named after him. And every year it comes up: should we take down the statue? And it's the same vote. No. <laughs> yeah, and I mean a lot of that stuff went up because I mean even after the South lost, they were still like there, you know, like that mindset didn't go away. Oh, you mean like after Donald Trump lost, that fucking mindset didn't go away? <laughs> exactly. So those people are the ones that like built the statues and put them up and then try to convince all the people there that, oh, you know, it's just for, it's part of our history and it represents, you know, whatever the fuck they think it represents. <laughs> it represents our history, man. We are racist. <laughs> yeah, that's the part they leave out. Like, oh, it's just part of our history. Like, okay, what history is that? <laughs> and they they either don't know or they don't want to say it. <laughs> it's like the people that argue that the Civil War was about states' rights. It wasn't about slavery. It was about states' rights. Well, the states' rights to do what? To have fucking slaves. Like, what? <laughs> Why is that so hard to, to understand? Because it, it makes you look bad. And see, it. this podcast keeps coming back to that same point. Here it is. We can talk about it now. Let's talk about this. You know, like I know you don't want to take down your statues, but listen, let's sit down here and have a fucking beer or whatever you want to fucking smoke and let's talk about this. Because you're absolutely right. It's like that's my fucking history. Like history of what? What are we talking about here? We're talking about the history of what? Well, the history of the Civil War. Well, what's the Civil War about? States' rights. For what? Well, slavery. Okay, then your whole fucking argument boils down to you want that statue because you want to glorify slavery. Okay, let's take it down. Some people you're going to convince. The educated you're going to convince. The younger generation you're going to convince. But you're not going to get rid of my father, my grandfather, you know, the people that are still alive above the age of 70, 75. They're entrenched in it, man. And you're not going to get rid of it. So we and I mean, need to I, not marginalize them, though. We can't marginalize them. We just have to make them harmless somehow. I can you know? get behind that. Yeah. 
Yeah, we we got to make we got to make John Doe the the next door neighbor that is very hateful and very racist when he talks to you. He talks about the Mexican culture or the or the gays in a very derogatory way. We we can't marginalize this guy. We can't take his job. We can't do that to him. We just have to let him live out his life, but we have to somehow insulate him. And mar- you know, not marginalize but insulate and make him harmless. Because he's not going to change, but at the same time, we cannot, we cannot denounce him and take away his freedom to do what he does, as long as he's not hurting anyone. Like you said, you you want to go buy the fucking statue and put it in your yard? Fucking do it. There, there's that guy in Oildale that proudly flies that giant fucking rebel flag. Yeah, <laughs> let him do it. And and to me, that guy is harmless. To his friends, he's a hero. So let them be heroic over there as long as they're not beating black people and and taking, you know, freedoms from other people. Just let them think that way. Let them have it. They'll, they'll eventually die, eventually. Because look at what, you know, seriously, look at what happened to me. I went from the rebel flag on my wall to sitting here telling, you know, the world through my podcast, I used to be like that. I don't think like that anymore, but I don't denounce what they, I, I not don't denounce. I do denounce what they think and how they speak, but I hold them harmless. It's like, they'll go away eventually. You, you can't just say, snap your finger. And all of a sudden everybody likes gays. That's not the way it's going to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I could get behind that, but I, I mean, part of me also, it kind of goes back to that like girl with Louis C.K. analogy. Like it's harmless, but what if you're like, you know, like a black person driving by and you just see like that shit all over oil though, you know? Right. Like is it harmless to them or does it make them feel, you know? I'm sure it does. Things? I'm sure it does. <clears throat> We're just going to have to wait it out, man. I- and and I'm not saying everybody has to like gay people, everybody has to like black people, or everybody has to like Mexicans or or white people or anything. But what I am saying is, it, it it'll eventually even out. I mean, we're we're losing that mindset over a period of fifty years. Now, what what will happen in fifty more? This isn't this isn't something we're going to change right away. Yeah, we're definitely on the path to like progressiveness. Yeah, that's you, for sure. Even though sometimes it looks, it looks like it's not, you know, because we have like insurrections and shit, but right, <laughs> like the overall is a net positive. So, yeah, occasionally <laughs> people with rebel flags storm the Capitol. It, you know, it's fine. They'll stop. <laughs> Those are very rare instances. <laughs> <Hopefully>. <laughs> All right, man. I have to go cook some banana bread for a person with gluten-free allergies because it's her birthday. So I have to cook a gluten-free banana bread today. Maybe I'll bring you some. I know. I know. It's snowflake culture, man. I mean, I don't think it's that much. I think it's just they're not trying to die. (laughs) Oh, you're allergic to peanuts and you don't want peanut butter? What a snowflake. (laughs) See? I'm learning, man. I'm learning. 
I just don't have I I don't personally understand any of that because I my only allergy is to some fucking uh, drug that's uh, hell I don't even remember what I'm allergic to because I took it once for a, a migraine headache and I, I flipped out I thought it was on acid so that's my allergy I don't have allergies to nuts or you know all the gluten any of that shit so I can't understand it there you go I just find it like funny how like there's all these people that are like uh super like vegan or vegetarian or whatever and then they like try their hardest to make whatever they eat like look and like taste like meat you know <laughs> if you want to talk about my you know i could spend a whole podcast talking about my five-year fucking transition from <laughs> i you know eating the steak to filling my plate with things that look like the steak <laughs> <laughs> to me, like, that just doesn't make sense. Like, what? I guess it depends on, like, your motives for being, you know, vegan or vegetarian. But Right. Well, my first, my my initial change to vegetarianism was for my health. I went from meat eater to eating only turkey to eating a, a turkey and fish to eating a pes- pescatarian diet to vegetarian to vegan to whole food plant-based vegan. So it's this fucking journey. Like we're talking about in culture, it it's not something that's fucking funny to me. Or people are like, I'd love to be a, a vegan. It's like, it's not just that simple. It's not the way it works. Yeah. It's probably <laughs> so, better to do it like your way. Like, uh, like you have to go, yeah. And when you get to that first vegan stage, you're like, well, I, I need something that looks like meat. It's your. It's just a brain thing. It's all it is. Yeah. It's it's a habitual thing. So you you deep fry things, and you're like, oh, that looks like chicken fingers, and oh, that looks like uh, turkey, and I'm gonna go to the store and buy something that looks like, you know, lunch meat that's <laughs> made out. <laughs> yeah. My favorite, my favorite thing is when people make a cauliflower uh, buffalo wings, <laughs> and they're like they eat them like on videos and stuff. They're like, oh my god, it tastes just the same. I was like, you know, damn right, that shit don't taste like buffalo wings. Why are you lying to yourself? I said it. Dude, I went through it. But when you don't have buffalo wings for three years and then you have fucking something that resembles a buffalo wing, yeah, it fucking tastes like a buffalo wing. So go fuck yourself all <laughs> I've had plenty of buffalo wing cauliflower. And now the only thing I have that looks like meat is jackfruit. Yeah, like the jackfruit tacos and stuff. Yeah, I have those. Like shredded meat and stuff. I'm like, why? Because it protects the animals. I went from I went from the health thing to like if it's a health thing, I get it. Like I understand like trying to imitate the meat because you know you still you crave it and you want it. You just can't have it because of your health. But if it's like if your whole mindset is like because of the animals, right? Then you still want it to look like and taste like the animals you just don't actually want to be doing any killing i don't know it's just funny to me <laughs> i get it man well i'm gonna go cook a gluten-free uh banana like bread that, now like gluten-free banana bread like bread it has gluten so you're gluten-free but you want bread that's weird <laughs> it's not the same i get it <laughs> i get it i'm just you know, I, I grew up in, I, 
let's just say that I my personality is to make fun of anything that's not like me. There you go. That's that's being completely honest. You're a gluten-free person. I get to make fun of you because I'm not. That's that's the way I am. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, man. Um, you said next week you gotta work at a on different thir- time on the thirtieth, uh, or not the thirtieth, the thirty-first on Halloween because I'm right. going out of town early in the morning. So all right. So not next week, but the following week. All right, cool. Let's. I'll put that in my scheduler. <laughs> I didn't need a scheduler when I was young. I just remembered shit. And now I'm got. I, I don't know if it's I'm too busy or I'm too fucking old to remember stuff. I still don't use one, even though I should. Yeah. See, wait till you're my age. You'll have two schedulers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As always, built right into the name, the Thoroughly Wrong Project, and we're talking about racism and woke culture we could be wrong but it's just please everyone who's listening just talk about it just talk about it it's it's okay to talk about it and you don't have to uh be hateful anymore and you don't have to be defensive anymore because everybody's open to it and maybe that's what i should be thankful to this woke culture thing because we are talking about it and and it's it's a great thing and um everybody can change john gruden can say he's sorry he just can't come back to the nfl that's all (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's not that he's not that great of a coach to begin with so he's very overhyped i know i know but He's still a coach. We got to we had to respect him while he was a coach, and now he's not. Now we can make fun of him and talk about how he wasn't a good coach. I mean, I always make fun of Junger just because he like looks funny and stuff. <laughs> oh, it's because he's white. It's like the faces he would make. He was like little. I don't know. Like have you ever seen like Frank? Uh, what's that dude's name? Frank Frank Caliendo. Yeah, and like John Gruden impersonation. It's, it's funny. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. So, man, see you next week. Sounds good. All right, brother. And this has been Bob. And Lalo. All right. And this has been the Thoroughly Wrong Project. I'll see you later, dude. Later. You have now experienced the Thoroughly Wrong Project with your podcast hosts, Lalo and Bob. We can now be found on Pandora Radio, Apple Podcasts, Podium Podcast, or by searching The Thoroughly Wrong Project to locate our YouTube channel. You can contact us directly by email at thoroughlywrong at gmail.com or just leave a comment on any of our platforms. Until next time, thanks for spending your valuable time with us. And remember, always speak up and never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong.